TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we do welcome you to the TalkZone.com. Two guys in a mic show. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. It's not two guys in a mic today. It is one guy in one mic. Uh, it's one of those rare moments in time. A scary listening experience indeed when the coach flies solo today. Big Dog is uh, off today. we got a special guest going to be joining us in just a little bit. But uh we will give you one hour of uh, fine sports talk here on a brand new show. Two guys and a Mike Internet Sports Talk. We'll talk some uh, Chicago baseball, Major League Baseball. Certainly we'll go uh, around the National League and American League, pick up some of the highlights. We also got uh, sneaking up with all the news over the weekend, all the other stuff going on, the Masters and baseball and NBA playoffs and the NHL playoff. The NFL draft is sneaking up. Upon us, and we're going to start to uh, take a sneak peek into some of the uh, NFL draft prospects. So that is coming up, and uh, of course, the Chicago Bulls here in the city of Chicago got a big NBA playoff potential game, or I should say, an NBA regular season game with playoff implications. I don't know how many people are excited about the number eight spot in the playoffs. I would be one of those that actually is excited. I think me and Joe Kim know our two of them. I don't know how many. Other people besides me and Joe Kim, I like to partner myself with Joe Kim. He's a he's a hot commodity, a popular guy in the city of Chicago. I might as well kind of if I'm going to hook myself up with any Chicago athlete right now, Joe Kim Noah might be the guy to do it. But the Bulls take on the Celtics tonight, still battling for that eighth playoff spot. Yeah, I think it means something. If nothing else, what it means is um, get a chance to watch some playoff basketball here in Chicago. Hopefully. Hopefully, if the Bulls make it, they could give Cleveland at least a uh, couple of close games. You never know what could happen, but then we certainly remember back to last year with that great Celtic series where a lot of the naysayers, a lot of the negative people out there, who cares if the Bulls make the playoffs? We're just going to get wiped out by the Celtics. Well, we didn't get wiped out by the Boston Celtics. We did lose, but it was a great, great series. Many I remember back in the time, uh, back last year, calling it uh, maybe the most exciting, the most competitive, the most intense first-round playoff series ever. So all those uh, folks that don't think the Bulls making the playoffs at the eighth spot that big a deal, hey, we're not talking the NBA championship, but it is an accomplishment. Good luck, Bulls, tonight uh, going up against the Boston Celtics. I might not be watching, though, Dave. I might not be watching tonight as into the Bulls as I am because I am extremely excited. But a non-sporting event tonight. Now, I know, uh, again, our fine producer today, David Olson, director of uh, technology here, engineering, producing. He's a jack-of-all-trades and clearly a master of very few of them. But um, tonight, my favorite show, and I'm not afraid as a, uh, in the male machismo world of sports talk here to bring out my feminine side, but Glee returns to the airwaves tonight. Season number two of Glee, and I am a... Uh, Self-professed Gleek. Did you watch Glee? And I know you're a major TV watcher. Glee, not amongst your no, shows? No, it's not among the shows. Good. We are going to check it out on DVD, though. Okay. Because we're waiting for the first season to pop up in our Netflix queue. Uh-huh. So we're going to watch it, but you know we're yeah. not going to start now. 
I got a couple of the uh, music CDs if you want to borrow them from me to get you ready yeah, for Yeah, I, I, I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind. So <laughs> I'll take that as a very kind no. But, uh, so, but, all right, so it's not like you've seen it and you don't like it. You just haven't got I, I just, it. I just haven't seen it. I'm all aware right. of it, and I'm aware of the phenomenon yes. that is Glee, but yeah. I, I haven't seen an episode. Yeah. Okay. I like the way you say you, the phenomenon. Uh, no, it is. It is. It's like it's the like hot show, and it has yeah. been for. It's not a, not necessarily. It's sort of like if I could compare it to sports. It's very similar to NHL hockey, or soccer, and I say that in this sense. It's not. If you look at the listening audience, it doesn't have huge ratings, so it's not a widespread audience. But for the focused group that it hit, and that's why I'm making a comparison to soccer and hockey. You talk to the soccer fans and the hockey fans, and there is an intense group of them that that uh, are dedicated to that particular experience. And th- this is the only time Glee is going to be compared to this. I, I would say it's more like MMA fans. Okay. You know, uh-huh. they had very, very dedicated following. Mm-hmm. Dedicated. Okay. I'll buy that comparison. Sue Sylvester, by the way, I forget. what her, What's her uh, acting name? Jane Jane Lynch, I think. Yeah. And yeah, she Jane was up Lynch. for best supporting. She is outstanding as the uh, antithesis the nemesis, the uh, the troublemaker, if you will. And she got kicked out of school, was sent down to Florida, but she'll be coming back. Anyhow, I don't want bored of fans, the non-Glee fans with the details, but I, for one, might miss the Bulls game today because I will be gleeful. I'm sorry about that. It's a high school musical. What can I say? Again, well, that, 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 that's the wonderful thing about DVRs. Yep. You know, to you watch Glee and then watch the Bulls game later. Trying to get in touch with my feminine side, David. And the uh, older I get, uh, the more in touch. I'm actually uncomfortably in touch with my feminine side at this point. I think I may need to see something. Nothing wrong with that. If you can give me some help, uh, if you know a good psychologist I could see, or God forbid you actually want to talk to sports with us, our phone lines are open, 888-463-6748. Again, I'm flying solo today. You want to be the co-pilot, you are more than welcome to do so. 888-463-6748. we got the head coach of the Chicago Force women's football team going to be joining us in just a little bit. John, and I think it's Konecki, I might be messing up on the last name, but uh, head coach of the Chicago Force, they're off to a 2-0 and store women's pro football. We're going to be talking about that during the show. This is this is the real deal. This is not the uh, lingerie league. This is not the yuck it up, ha, ha, ha league. This is the real deal. These women play for real. Nice story in the Chicago Tribune about the team uh, over the weekend. I believe it was Sunday's edition. I forget who the fine writer was. They don't get a lot of pub. But they deserve it. They are um, professional athletes who pay to play. Yeah, who pay to play. Because the league costs money and there's not a ton of people coming to watch them play and there's not a ton of advertisers. But imagine that. People coming in to watch or people paying to play a professional sport. We'll talk to uh, their head coach, talk some Chicago Force women's football a little bit later in the show. Triple eight four six three sixty seven forty eight. Cubs win, Cubs win, Cubs win. Opening day at Wrigley Field. How about that? I was lucky enough to get there. By the way, I do want to thank Smith, Barney, Steve for setting me up with tickets. And I feel bad for Smith, Barney, Steve because he invited, he's got four tickets. Great seats, too. Third base side, about 20 rows up. you got to pay attention. Hot shot. Foul balls off of left-handed batters can take your head off if you're not paying attention. But unfortunately, Smith Barney Steve, who organized the uh, gathering, over spring vacation he was playing basketball with his uh, high school-age son. 
trying to hang on to his mantle as the king of the family, one-on-one basketball, broke his foot on crutches, had to have the cast put on yesterday. Smith Barney Steve setting us up with tickets. Smith Barney Steve not able to make the game. Sorry about that, buddy, but we did enjoy the game. I'll give you some thoughts on the ball game. Cubs uh, came up with a big win, 9-5. to White Sox barely, barely took 11 innings. They came back a one. Jake Peavy, not such a good start, but they win the ball game. Eight to seven. Very impressive. We'll talk some baseball too. If you were at the opening day or watch Cubs opening day, you want to call in. Uh, we'd love to talk some baseball with you too. Triple eight, four, six, three, six, seven, four, eight. All right, real quick. Let's head out to the phone lines and uh, checking in on line number 47. Not sure what happened to the first 46 lines, but line 47, we got Jim from Chicago checking in. Jimmy. Hello, coach. Happy Wrigley Field Day. How are you, Jim? Happy who? Wrigley Field Day. How was your experience? I don't know if How I feel comfortable mean? talking about with you, Jim, but it was a it was a it was a very emotional experience. Was no, it, really? it was cool. The, the uh, I didn't notice that many changes in Wrigley Field, quite frankly. What about the food? Disappointing. Really? What'd you have? Disappoint. We talked about it yesterday. I had heard that there was going to be some changes. You know, we all love Wrigley Field, but we've talked about it yesterday. And Jimmy, I think you would agree that concessions. The food service at Wrigley Field way behind the time, way behind other major league offerings. That's what I hear, Coach. But you know, I'm not going to a restaurant when I'm going out to the ball game. I'm looking for kind of you know, give me a hot dog with the works, give me some nachos and cheese and some cold beer. Uh huh. All right, you know, you can just compare it to the south side of town, White Sox Park. They got some awfully good offerings there. But uh, well, here's my disappointment: a for I don't know if it's the Chicago Police Department. Chicago Cubs security, economic times, but normally, Jim, one of my traditions, and I'll only go to one game a year. This this might be the only game I go to all year. Maybe. Maybe I'll go to one more game, so it's not like I'm a regular. But I will always buy the big bag of peanuts outside the stadium. My first three innings. My first three innings, I am very similar to you. I don't go for any of the cuisine. It's a beer and a bag of peanuts. That is my you got to go peanuts early in the game. Right. Right? But they usually sell the big bag which you can get outside for like five bucks and it feeds a family of like 10 comfortably for a week. Yeah, it's like half the cost of what what it costs inside. Absolutely. They were nowhere to be found. Really? Nowhere to be found. So, again, there's my first food. I don't know if they're cutting back on them. They sent them a couple blocks away. Not sure what the story is there. And then uh, complaint number two, we're talking the food here. The, the game was very good, very exciting game. Cubs won 9-5. to five. The lines were unbelievably long, longer it seemed than normal. At concessions or the bathroom? Concessions. Oh. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you don't mind waiting, you know, three, four, five, six, seven deep. But the lines for the first inning, second inning, third inning, all the way through about the fourth or fifth inning, just a real long wait. We had a couple of people in our area, a couple of friends of mine who went to get food, came back 10 minutes later, forget about it. Didn't even get any food. So lines were a problem. And then most disappointed, there was no, I didn't see, and I walked around. I, did, I can't say I searched every single concession location at Wrigley Field, but I walked to them all. I didn't see any different offerings except except they got a foot-long buffalo hot dog, Jim. Uh, you know, I saw that on the news. They were showing bison dogs, and I was curious if you uh, tried that, if it's any good. You know, I would have if I would have. You know, if I waited in line, I probably uh, you know would have gone down to the third inning and maybe caught the uh, seventh inning stretch. But, you know, first of all, I, w- I wanted to try bison. It's a um, a little bit, and you're, Jim, you're a food expert, I believe, a little bit less of a fat alternative to the regular hot dog. Yeah, 
the meat itself is a lot leaner than uh, beef. Uh-huh. Um, Taste-wise, I'm not sure because the only time I ever had buffalo burgers, somebody brought them to a party, and mm-hmm. I thought it was sour. So I don't know if they were just old or... Uh, the one know. time I've been into a buffalo burger, it tasted good, but I heard a... There you go. I heard a sound like that, and that was a little troublesome. You hear that whip go? No, no, but here's my, uh, you know, I don't want to be complaining here. You know, food is food. I have my bag of peanuts and beer. I'm pretty uh, pretty happy, but I would have tried the regular bison dog, but the only offering they had was the footlong bison dog. It's too much for you at one time? A little bit. You know, I'm, I'm ready to try. All right. You know, David Olson's giving me the little look with the, you know, the one eye up, one eye down, the inquisitive. That's kind of the way I was. I think I want to try it. But, you know, I'm not sure. It's like a little kid who's debating whether to jump into the water for the first time without mommy or daddy holding them on. Okay. You know, the foot long. All right. If it was a regular bison dog, I think I would have done it. But now you, this is like the foot long. This is like a kid jumping in the Atlantic Ocean for the first time he's trying to swim. I'm not ready to try the footlong bison dog. It was too much for me, Jimmy, and I'm ashamed to say in front of the America's public here that I turned down. I did not go for the bison footlong. Well, I was hoping to get some insight from you as to whether you know it's good or not because they should be online as far as that company to be able mm-hmm. to order them. Yeah, looks like the uh, the the toppings were rather unique, weren't they? You know, it, it flashed real quick on the news when I was watching, and uh, I was like, bison dog, wow, that sounds like something different. I'd be willing to give it a try. <laughs> well, hey, I cook uh, anything, you know. Chicago Jim, our food expert here. Outside of that, I didn't know that much difference from Wrigley Field. Oh, one, I did notice one thing very quickly. We were uh, going to our seats before the game. I did notice, you know, the condiment table right. where they got the ketchup, the mustard. Thank God they still got that little wind up uh, onion thing. Right, yeah, that's great. Oh, I love, I don't, you know, those those are like the freeze-dried onions they mix with water. I don't care what they are. You spin that thing, and yeah. the onions come out. It's the best taste in the world. Oh, it's great. It's great. I'd love to get one of those for my home. But uh, they had, they actually had Cub, not security, but Cub personnel that were cleaning the condiment tables. When's the last time you saw any sporting event where they had condiment cleaners? Um, you know what? Come to think of it, when I've been there, I don't remember seeing that. That's I what I'm talking about. The Usually there's there. mustard, ketchup, napkins mm-hmm. spilled all over the onions and the, the relish. It was clean as could be the entire game. I'm proud to report the condiment cleaning people were doing a tremendous job. Cubs won 9-5. to five. Jimmy, did you watch the ball game at all? Of course I did. I uh, participated in a Chicago tradition of sorts. I couldn't go to the game because no one invited me, so I went to the local establishment, <laughs> put on the TV, and had my cold beer, and, you know, we had a frozen pizza. And, uh-huh. You, you, know, you lived happily ever after. Oh, it was a fine day. I mean, uh-huh. the Cubs win. They're hitting that slow, slow throwing lefty. That guy. I was like, leave this guy in. Don't be taking him out. We could use some more home runs. Not only does he throw the ball slow, and the guy you're talking about was Doug Davis, the uh, veteran pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers, who has three speeds: slow, slower, and slowest. His delivery. It's not only that he throws the ball so slow. His delivery is like the slowest delivery that I've seen from a major league pitcher. And I think uh, he gets batters out because, A, they get anxious, or, B, they get bored. It's probably a bit of both. I mean, anticipation of the ball getting there, waiting forever. He tries to sneak <laughs> it in on you, but, you know, yeah. that he, thing's hanging out there going, hit me, hit me. I don't know if you ever played 16 in softball before, Jimmy, but it's sort of like that with, the, you know, the pitcher with the hesitation. And the hesitation, you're up there batting, you got to wait, you got to wait, mm-hmm. you got to keep your patience. That's the way Doug Davis was for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's good for about three innings, and then uh, Xavier Nady 
with the three-run homer, his big first big hit, his first big jack as a Chicago Cub. Remember him as a Pittsburgh Pirate. And uh, when he was yep. on for you know, probably a year and a half, couple of years, he was a heck of a hitter in the National League. He jacked one out, three-run homer, opened the gates up, and after that it was all, well, I won't say all Chicago Cub. Brewers made a little bit of a comeback, but uh, three home runs, big day for the Cubs. They pulled out 9-5 to five and a nice victory on opening day. Well, yeah, did you look at Aramis Ramirez? He looked really aggravated at not being able to crush the balls that guy was throwing up there. Yep. There, uh, he he was very angry. There was a time with, uh, I forget, it was two runners on or bases loaded. Aramis is an RBI guy. You're exactly right. Fourth, fifth inning, and uh might have even been earlier than that. And he flied out, I think, and he came back to the bench just realizing that he should have jacked that ball out and add three more RBIs to his uh, usually pretty high total by season's end. Right. Right, yeah, it's, but it was a good game. It was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I always love to see the ball going out at Wrigley. That brings the crowd at her feet, and it's a fun place to be to watch a game. I mean, I watched it on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll get there some point this year. Tell you one guy, and we got to let you go here in a second, Jimmy, but real quick, one question mark still is the uh, closing situation. If you look at the box score, Carlos Marmol, not so bad. But if you actually watched it, it continues to be a struggle. He got the save, but he put a couple of runners on. Okay, struck out one batter, got a deep fly out. I thought it was a three-run homer. Marlon Bird had a, what about a foot, two feet away from the wall, so that was out number two. You still got two runners on. He came in with a four-run lead, and the final out, the final out was a line shot. To the shortstop. Now, you read the paper, oh, and he get the uh, final batter out. I forget who the guy's name was on a, on a double play ball. You think, oh, nice job by Carlos Marmol. No, was not a nice job by Carlos Marmol. The guy shot the ball. Tyrio made a great catch, threw it over to Baker for a double play. That could have easily been a base hit. Floodgates are open. And um, if he's going to be like this all season long, Jimmy, it's going to be, uh, uh, you know, sort of like the Mitch Williams experience, which I guess was fun, but, boy, it, it aged you a lot in one season. Yeah, the Mitch Williams experience, Mr. Wild thing, that was uh, always yeah. interesting as he would walk the bases full. Yeah. Then he'd strike out the site. Well, Carlos Marmol might be the African-American wild thing. I like the guy, but, boy, he's just got, you know, once in a while, give me a Bruce Suter. Give me a Bruce Suter who would come in, one out, two out, three out, dominating, intimidating, boom, boom, boom. That's it. Game over. Thank you very much. Shake hands. Let's go on to our well, next activity. Marmol did do that the other night. Yes, he did. Uh, strike yep. out, strike out, strike out. Yep. Bang, at, bang, bang, bang. Yep. At times, he can be very, very good. Let's hope we'll, we'll see more of that. Hey, Jimmy, we got to let you go. Uh, stick around. We're going to talk some Chicago Force football, and we'll also get into the rest of Major League Baseball as well. We appreciate the call, Chicago Jim. Thanks, Coach. Right. Have a good day now. You betcha. Jimmy, check it in. You can, too. Jim drops off and leaves 13 other lines open. Hate when that happens. 888-463-6748. We're going to take a quick break. John Konecki, possibly. The coach of the year in the Chicago area. The voting still is coming in, but he's certainly top three. Going to be joining us after the break. Talkzone.com, two guys at a mic, guy number two missing today. I'm flying solo.
time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. All right, we are back. Two Guys and a Mic, TalkZone.com, Internet Sports Radio, brand new show. We are on every Monday through Friday, one hour a day, 10 until 11, 5 in total. Uh, Check it out if you can. Of course, all the shows are archived, too. you got to check out our fan page, which is twoguysmike.com. That's the number two, and Mike is spelled M-I-C. Twoguysmike.com. All the shows are archived, so you can check it out at any time. Some more information on the fan page as well. David Olson, our producer today, the big dog, Joel Radwanski, uh, working job number six. I think he's got like nine jobs, and I think he's on job number six. This is one of his nine. Unfortunately, this is... Not one of the ones that pays quite as well, so he's got to do the actual paid job first. But uh, flying solo today, but I am joined on the phone lines right now by the head coach of the Chicago Force women's football team. We talked to him before on our previous radio show. It's his first time making the Internet sports experience. John Konecki on the line with us. Coach John, how are you? I'm doing well, Coach. Thanks for having me on again. I, uh, always a pleasure to come on and talk a little football. I know it's a painful experience, but I always appreciate the fact you at least pretend like you enjoy it. No, I, I, I do. I, I, I love coaching football. I love yeah. talking about football. So anytime I get an opportunity, I, I'll, I'll jump at it. John's probably talking to his wife. Oh, what a brutal week. I got Monday. I got to go to the dentist. Tuesday, I got to talk to the talkzone.com. Wednesday, I got to go to the doctor. I'm not sure which is the worst. Hey, it's always, hey, listen, I'll tell you, it's always an enjoyable experience. I, I promise, John, we won't make you turn and cough. <laughs> By the way, at our uh, Chicago coaching, a uh, very quick poll right now, we got, uh, you are third. Joel Keenville, the uh, Chicago Blackhawk coach. Lou Piniella, still very popular with the Cubs. Coach John Konecki, and you are coming in right now, Coach John, ahead of Vinny Del Negro and Lovey Smith. So congratulations, <laughs> I think. Uh, thank you very it's, much. It's a pretty, it's a pretty, pretty good group to be recognized yeah, with, huh? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Now, a lot of our fans do not. Uh, I'm lucky enough. You guys invited me out to a couple of games, so I've experienced it. It's the real deal. A lot of our fans not aware of what the Chicago Force is, and when they hear women's football, they might be thinking of a few other options. Uh, tell them a little bit, Coach John, about the fine team that you coach. Yeah, I coach Chicago Force, and uh, you know, it's 11 on 11 tackle football. It's not any of the offshoots they've seen uh, that are you know more. Uh, out there to objectify women. This is actually, you know, true blue football that you see on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Uh, we play our uh, home games at Winnemac Stadium. Um, and, you know, the organization's been around since 2000. There's currently 51 teams, I believe, in the IWFL, which is our member league. Uh, the Force is one of the uh, upper-tier teams in 2008. Coach, you were there. We lost a heartbreaker and sudden death overtime in the championship game uh, against the Dallas Diamond team. Uh, we were in the semis last year and ended up ultimately losing to the uh, champion. And this year we're hoping that uh, we got all the right pieces in place and we're going to make a drive at the title. Notice, by the way, in the description, Coach John said, I think I got it right, 51 teams, is that correct? 51 teams, yeah. All right. From so, the East Coast to the West Coast. And it's, you know, it, yeah. uh, Coach, we've talked about this a couple times and you've seen it before. I mean, it's, it's every bit as, uh, you know, if you see it happening on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, whatever, level of competition of uh, men's uh, football that you see, it, it, it takes place in our game. It's, mm-hmm. it's all the same rules. Our rules are, uh, are, I guess, they're a hybrid of uh, professional rules and, and collegiate rules. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one thing that you won't see in our league is that there's no, you can't, uh, there's no free blocking zone at the line of scrimmage and there are no blocks below the waist. Mm-hmm. 
But I, I want to go back for a second. 51 teams, because you know Correct. some people that aren't aware of the Chicago Force, you guys don't get the pub. Uh, these dedicated women that you coach don't get the pub that they so richly deserve. 51 teams. I mean, you're talking some of these other leagues. You know, Major League Soccer has what, maybe 12 or 14 teams. Right. And right, some of these right. other leagues, you know, have you know four. To, what is it? Uh, the Chicago Rush, indoor arena football, which uh, is you know very very you know, great sport, great entertainment. There's four teams in the league. Correct. In women's pro football. This is not just some Johnny Come Lately thing here. The 51 teams. Right. In the United States, all playing. What is the name of the league? The WPFL. Uh, the IWFL. Yeah, the IWFL is the name of the league, and that's the uh, that's from the East Coast to the West Coast, mm-hmm. and. Uh, very, you know, there's it's a very interesting setup. I mean, there's you know, there's basically a tier one and there's a tier two. The Chicago Force uh, falls into the tier one. And the tier two, I guess, would be kind of like smaller market teams and teams mm-hmm. that can't necessarily fill uh, rosters to our to our same level. Um, but the games are all very competitive, and uh, you know, football's being played at a very high level, and, and uh, it's it's an interesting uh, sport to be part of because the ladies obviously have you know day jobs, and then they come out and they. Uh, you know, by their you know uh, own accord, they come out and decide to uh, mm-hmm. you know decide to come out to practice, and they want it to get better, and they want to be a participant in something that they haven't had an opportunity to do. Mm-hmm. Actually, were denied an opportunity to do uh, in their younger days. Mm-hmm. So this is a wonderful outlet for them. A lot of these girls were softball players, soccer players, played other sports, chance to play tackle football, and you talk about love of the game, Coach John. We mentioned it before you came on. They uh, they don't get paid to play, but they actually pay yeah to play. yeah yeah no it's not a pay to place i mean they do pay but it's not a pay to play system it's more of a, a they're they, the players do they do have to actually there is some money that they have to uh, come up with and that's more to cover uh you know travel expenses and uh, the training that they receive and the coaching that they receive and uh you know, a lot of the incidentals that take place uh so it isn't necessarily you know that they're paying and and, and that they you know because they a, there's a monetary exchange that they're guaranteed a spot to play. In fact, they're not guaranteed a spot to play. Uh, you know, the only way you get to have an opportunity to participate on the field is if you're one of the best 11 on offense, one of the best 11 on defense, one of the best 11 on uh, special teams. That money does not go to the uh, coaching clinics they send you to, Coach John. When you go to San Diego, Florida, you're not going to like oh, 17 uh, different coaching clinics no, and making no, no, vacations no, no, no. out of them. Huh? I don't no, want to spill. Find me. You won't find me in any coaching right. clinics. If I need to go to a coaching clinic, I buy a DVD and I can. I just want to make sure I don't, I don't want to, you know, spill the beans or create any controversy or we get any YouTube videos of Coach John sunning out in San Diego <laughs> at the quote unquote coaches clinic. Now, speaking of coaching, you are a high school boys football coach, correct? Yeah, I'm currently the offense coordinator at uh, Crete Money High School. Uh-huh. Uh, this past year, we uh, went to the quarterfinals, the first time in school history. We cool. had uh, three uh, young men sign Division One scholarships. Uh, very good program, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know we think that we're kind of on the upswing here. All right, let me let me throw this uh, off the Chicago Force question to you. We brought this up sure. on the show before. It's been a little <laughs> bit of fodder for discussion. And keep sure. in mind, now I think you and me can our opinions could be at least semi-respected because. I've coached a lot of girls' sports before you're coaching women's professional football, so it's not like we're uh, you know we're babying one side of it. Here's the question we've been going with, and I can compare it to football, but it was the UConn women. We're trying to compare the difference in right. guys' sports and girls' sports. UConn women in basketball versus a average, let's say the Crete Money high school boys' basketball team, who wins? And then uh, how about a high school boys' football team like you coach? Yeah, against a women's pro football yeah. team. 
Yeah, I wouldn't put my either of those teams in in the average category here at uh, Creboni. Okay. Uh, but you know, uh, you know, it, 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 I think it's you know it's a great question, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of give you a uh, a line that I got a long time ago from a barber on the south side. You know, they were they were. Uh, I love barbers. Yeah, no, they're, they're they're wonderful at pontificating, and they're 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 wonderful philosophers. Uh, I guess they're probably our Aristotle of of the day, and uh, you know. <laughs> You know, this barber said to me, he goes, you know, John, you, you know, Barry Bonds or Babe Ruth, it was, you know, I, you know, that might have been the discussion. And he said to me, John, you can't compare it. There's no way to compare it. It's not a fair comparison. It's mm-hmm. two different eras. Uh, so I guess I'm going to tell you there's no comparison. It's two totally different games. I can't make that comparison for you. Okay. And that's, I'm going to go ahead and attribute that to Joe DeBarber on 95th okay. Street. Very politically put. <laughs> Coach John Kanacki, after his football career, folks, we'll be running. For state aldermen, <laughs> you can vote for John at www. No, no. Uh, coach Konecki, the uh, head coach of the Chicago Force women's pro football team. You guys are off to a great start. Already started playing two and zero thus far, and um, based on the scores, you've been unchallenged thus far. Well, I wouldn't say unchallenged. We've been playing very good football. Uh, both the teams, uh, the Wisconsin Warriors, who are tier two champions, Wisconsin Wolves are very good teams. We've just been playing excellent football, and, and, and you know, Coach, the ball's been just, I mean, literally bouncing the right way for us. Uh, you know, the first game we won 42 to nothing. Uh, second game we won 62 to nothing. And, wow. Uh, and that's really, for us, uh, offensively, that's mostly been just on the ground. Uh, we haven't been really airing it out, and we definitely have the opportunity. We are a uh, shotgun spread, uh, no huddle, up-tempo offense where, you know, I've been known to throw the ball 50 times a game or, you know, run the ball. 30 plus times a game. Uh, defensively, we're running a, a uh, high pressure th- 34 defense where we're, we're trying to create havoc and confusion, and, and it's just an awesome, awesome experience. Uh, you've never seen uh, a, uh, what an up tempo, no huddle team looks like. I was looking at our stats earlier today, Coach. We, uh, on our first play drive, and imagine this, we, had, we scored in one minute and nine seconds. That was an average of 15 seconds per play, and that we were not huddling at all. We were just mm-hmm. right at the line. And we were snapping the ball within one second of the ready-to-play right. whistle. So not only so they were winning, after it. not only winning, but playing an exciting brand of football. I want to talk about the World Games coming up, John. But real quick, uh, the listeners out there, if they want to catch uh, Chicago Force football, a lot of their home games this year at Amundsen High School. The website folks can catch it is ChicagoForce.com. Yeah, it's ChicagoForceFootball.com. ChicagoForceFootball. Yeah, and we're at, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we're at uh, Winamax Stadium, and uh, we. We'll be away this week, and um, and we'll be coming back in uh, two weeks uh, for the May the first to play the Kansas City Tribe, who are actually the defending uh, IWFL champions. Who last year we uh, played three times, and, and we won the first one. We dropped the last two, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they put it on us in uh, in, in the semi game, and and uh, you know. That's uh, you know, the discussion that I had with the ladies at that point in time was remember what this feels like because we'll have an opportunity to play them again. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to that game. We're looking forward to all games. We're not looking past our next opponent, and we're, we're focusing on the Warriors. But that's our next home game, May 1st, uh, 2010. Me and Joel went over all the games on the schedule. The kickoff time on that, I'm sorry, Coach, is, is 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Okay, and again, yeah. ChicagoForceFootball.com is the website right. people can go to. Me and Correct. Joel did go over the game-by-game. Game. Coach John, I won't put pressure on you. We got you going 13-0 and in that game you're talking about. We got you winning at 38 to nothing. so not a problem. Oh, you know, that's wonderful. I'm glad that you guys uh, went ahead <laughs> and did that for me, uh, you know. But uh, as I tell the kids, if it were, uh, if you, you know, on paper you're supposed to lose the game, but, you know, 
Uh, that's why you line up and you play the game, because I think we saw within this past NCAA tournament, on paper, there were a lot of basketball teams that should have been playing in the Final Four, and don't I don't you? know if we... We, we, we saw necessarily the people on paper who should have been playing in that Final Four. Don't start throwing coaching cliches at us, young man. <laughs> All right, now, before we let you go, before we let you go, again, ChicagoForceFootball.com, women's pro right. football, the real deal, folks, not the lingerie stuff. Uh, tell us about special event coming up. This year there's going to be World Games. There's a United States women's football team. And I believe, Coach John, you've got the honor of being the head coach of that team. Yeah, I was, uh, I was selected to be the uh, – the head coach of uh, the first ever women's national team. Um, we are playing in uh, Stockholm, Sweden, and we will be playing in basically a World Cup-style pool. There will be uh, two separate pools, Pool A, Pool B. Um, and uh, we are in the pool, I believe, with uh, Austria and Finland. And then the other side is Canada, Germany, and Sweden. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be in Stockholm first. We go to Round Rock, Texas, or Austin, Texas, for training camp. Uh, we selected 45 women from 20 different teams from the East Coast to the West Coast. Have you picked, all... picked them already? Yeah, the team's already been selected. That's okay. actually uh, that's on the IW, uh, IWFLSports.com is the uh, website for that. The team has been selected. Uh, you know, the you know the, the ladies who have an opportunity to do that are, are very excited. Myself and the coaching staff are you know honored and privileged to be part of something so uh, you know uh, you know momentous and and and, and you know we're, we're just really excited to have an opportunity to take uh, our game, American football, into international play. And I just want to give you a real funny story when uh, you know I was talking to the USA football guys. You know, we, they were telling me that you know we'd really like you to do this, and I said you know I said yeah, I'm very excited to do it. And I said, by the way, just you know, we've never lost a, a tackle football game in international competition, huh. and we don't intend to. <laughs> no, <laughs> said, all right, no, no pressure, pressure at all, right? No pressure at all. all no right, pressure at all. When, when are those games? This summer? Yeah, they're this summer. We'll be there uh, June 26th to uh, July the 3rd, um, and we'll be playing under the uh, USA Football uh, is okay. the you know the spot you know the governing body that's sponsoring you know uh, the team. Uh, to go over there, and in that they're, they're the team, they're the organization that allows people to play in international competition. Isn't that the same time the World Cup is going on? You know, I don't know. Is that soccer World Cup? Yeah, hope not. Yeah, I hope you're actually playing football. They might have invited no, in no, Stockholm, no, no. Sweden. They invite football. you to play football. No, you no, might be bringing America. a football team over there. You might be playing soccer. <laughs> well, that's okay, but we'll be in pads uh, and, and picking the ball up. So we. Yeah. <laughs> But no, yeah, and we're very excited. You know, uh, there's several ladies from the Chicago Force who were selected. Uh, I believe that ourself and a team out of Dallas has the uh, most amount of players that were selected to the uh, 45, uh, you know, member team. And, 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 you know, we're looking forward to the opportunity to go to, uh, play an international competition and, mm-hmm. and, and come back with a gold medal out of that. Cool, cool. Good luck to you. We'll talk to you before you do that. What a great honor that you got selected as the head coach, Joe, uh, Coach John. One of those yeah. teams that does not get enough publicity, one of the sports that doesn't, women's pro football, the Chicago Force, their head coach, John Kanacki. Coach John, we appreciate your uh, yeah. taking the time. Hopefully the next home game we get some fans out there to cheer you on. Chicago Force football.com the schedule's up there the directions to the stadium uh the times of the home game all the information on that website hey coach and i all can i before you let me go here i wanted to point out a couple things actually you know the chicago media you know has been great to us recently we Eh. were recently in a red eye uh you know article and there is a ongoing article taking place at the chicago tribune uh, 
So that'll be an ongoing thing taking place. And, yeah. and our next home game is May 1st uh, at Winnemac Stadium at 3 p.m. Thanks a lot, Coach. I appreciate it. You bet, John. Thank you. Good luck. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Coach John Konecki, talk about pressure. Me and Joel picking him to go uh, 13-0. and And then the uh, head of the USA football says, good luck, Coach. And a reminder, we've never lost in the uh, world games before. But how about that? Women's pro football, the real deal, folks. All right, we'll take a quick break. Thanks again, Coach John Konecki, for checking in. When we come back, more Major League Baseball talk at the NBA playoffs. NHL playoffs about to kick in. The long regular season has almost come to a finish, and it's playoff time, the most exciting time of the year. Got the NFL draft going on. And it's also Residue Tuesday. And if you're new to the uh, show, Residue Tuesday means you can pick up, if you missed yesterday's show, we can still take in some of the residue from the sports weekend today being a Tuesday. So Masters Golf in particular, you watched it, you got some thoughts on it, you didn't get a chance to call in yesterday. That's what Residue Tuesday is all about. 888-463-6748, our phone number. You can email us at mike2guys at AOL.com. We'll take a quick break back in about 47 seconds. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone talk some baseball here on the two guys and a mic show take a quick trip around the major league some highlights of some of the uh games yesterday and of course so we here on the talkzone.com two guys and a mic Kind of uh, favor a little bit our Chicago team, so we'll definitely check in with little Sox and Cubs baseball. The Sox winning a thriller yesterday, beating Toronto 8-7. to Real quick, before I forget, uh, David, right before the show, I got a phone call uh, from a truly dedicated Cub fan. It wasn't about the Cubs game. It was about something else, but just as an example, as a sidelight, we both had mentioned how we were at the opening day of the Cubs game. You talk about dedicated Chicago Cubs fans, I got to throw a shout out to Taxman Paul. Taxman Paul making, I think he said, his 27th consecutive opening day of baseball. Now, it's April, and April 15th's coming up real quick. Taxman Paul made it for three innings. He said he showed up, he stayed for three innings, right back to work. He left the office at 11.30 at night, but that's how dedicated. That's how Dedeke had a ton of work to do, but Cub fans are like that. And he had a streak of 26 going. He wanted to make it 27. Didn't want to break the streak. Could be one of the great streaks since Cal Ripken Jr. Who knows? But the tax man Paul, a, the epitome 
of the dedicated Chicago Cub fan coming out to the ball game, sitting down for a couple innings, and then going back to work. Hopefully, thank you. Hopefully, he didn't have uh, too many Budweisers during that three inning period because. You know, going back to do the tax returns, we don't want anyone, you know, we don't want the IRS coming up, coming after people about one month later. But uh, Taxman Paul, great job. All right. Uh, speaking of great jobs, we already talked about the Cubs winning nine to five. White Sox come from behind and beat Toronto 11 inning ball game. They win eight to seven. Andrew Jones. It's not Andrew, by the way. Andrew. Make a note of that. Andrew Jones. Couple of home runs. Big game for him. And then Mark Tien. The pickup for the Kansas City Royals, he got the big homer. I didn't watch the ball game, folks, but uh, highlights only. Mark Tien gets a home run top of the ninth inning and then uh, gets a triple in the 11th inning to win it for the White Sox. They were on the road against Toronto. Bobby Jenks gets the save, but Bobby Jenks, the very uh, similar comments I would have about him as I had about Carlos Marmol, is uh, please, on behalf of all the fans out there, make it a little easier. Don't make every game a struggle. He came in with the lead and had to walk two batters before getting the final outs. He got the save, but there's easier ways to do it. Don't walk people. If they're going to get hits, let them get hits. But if you're the closer and you got a lead, make them hit to get on. Don't walk people, especially when you got more than a two-run lead. But bottom line is the White Sox win the ball game 8-7 to seven at Toronto. Uh, Jake Peavy, not so good. And have some White Sox fans out there start to panic. Oh, my God, we've got the uh, Cubs version of Alfonso Soriano. Big Budget guy, big payroll guy, he's going to be a bust. Relax. It's only game two of the season for Jake Peavy. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll come back. Alex Rios, by the way, nice game for him. Three for five, and I mentioned that because uh, he was back in Toronto. Some of the fans booing him. I think Rios uh, handled it pretty well. He smiled and was kind of playful for the fans instead of being controversial or instead of being uh, adversarial, I guess would be the word I'm looking for. I thought he uh, handled it the correct way and then the best Way to come back against the fans that are booing you is do it with your actions. Three for five for Alex Rios. So if we can get more out of that from our fine center fielder, that would be outstanding. White Sox fans, Cubs fans, baseball fans, you want to check in? Talk a little uh, MLB baseball here on the Two Guys in a Mike show. Love to do it with you. Coach flying solo today. Big Dog is off today. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. The phone number again, 888 48 in the American League yesterday. Um, down the road, if you want to have a good answer for trivia question of first home run at Minnesota's new stadium, I believe they're calling it Target Field. I think I got that right, the outdoor stadium in Minnesota. Uh, first home run hit, Jason Kubo. First winning pitcher ever at Target Field. Answer to that one's going to be Carl Pavano, now a Minnesota twin. I didn't even know Carl Pavano had uh, switched teams and was now a Minnesota twin. And the first save at beautiful Target Field. These are great trivia questions, uh, you know, five, ten years down the road, if you like to collect trivia questions. I don't know if anybody does, but I mention it just in case. Johnny Rauch, the ex-White Sox pitcher, six feet, 11 inches tall, tallest pitcher in the major league. Uh, he was a, for the White Sox, he was very tall. And very intimidating on the mound, and then the ball would come out of his hand, and the ball would usually sail in the opposite direction. Not so good for the White Sox, but it looks like he's turned it around a little bit. And if anybody can do that, it will be the Minnesota Twins. They find ways. They find ways. Joe Nathan, their fine closer, out for the season. Ronnie Gardenhire and his pitching staff's got John Rauch believing 
He is the next Joe Nath. He's got five saves on the season, leaves Major League Baseball. But target field, more importantly, first game ever at the brand-new stadium, the Minnesota Twins um, play along with the cause. They win the ball game 5-2, to two, so congratulations to them. Beat the Red Sox to open up the brand-new field. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay knocked off a Baltimore 5-1. to one. Matt Garza, eight very good innings, gave up one run, and Carl the Cat Crawford, four for four. Good ball game by him. So Tampa Bay knocks off Baltimore. The Oakland A's. Oakland A's, it's early, very early, but it appears to be one of the surprise teams. In Major League Baseball, the Oakland A's, 6-2 and two on the season. They get a shutout, 4 to nothing over Seattle and Texas. Knocks off Cleveland 4-2. to two. Nelson Cruz, amongst your home run leaders early in the season, got five home runs already. And he gets a, uh, I believe, game-winning homer in the 10th inning, top of the 10th, to beat Cleveland. So Texas wins a big game there 4-2 to two in the American League. White Sox, by the way, are um, back at it again tonight, taking on Toronto. Gavin Floyd taking on Ricky Romero. If Joel was here, I would ask him to tell us a little bit about Ricky Romero, but I'm Sure, Joel would tell me that Ricky Romero, the Toronto pitcher, likes to uh, keep the ball down low, likes to work quick, and I'm pretty sure he likes to get ahead in the count. Thank you, Ron Santo. National League action yesterday besides the Cubs, Philadelphia Phillies. They appear to be a uh, runaway train, a powerhouse living up to their expectations. Loaded ball club without really a weakness. Hard to find the weak spot of the Philadelphia Phillies. I don't know. If you start looking at middle relief, maybe. Starting pitching pretty good. Their bullpen actually pretty good. Their starting lineup is uh, awesome, top to bottom. Great depth, great hitting throughout their starting lineup. Philadelphia beats Washington yesterday, seven to four. They're six and one on the season. Can anybody? Can anybody in the National League knock off the Philadelphia Phillies? I think Joel, my good partner, the big dog, was exactly correct. You know, you can predict who's going to be in the World Series, but those predictions are pretty much. Uh, you know, fantasy, pretty much panacea, if you will. Because anything can happen in the playoffs. You don't know what happens uh, with injuries, five-game series, seven-game series. What you can predict, though, is in the regular season. And what he pretty confidently said is that over the course of the 162 games, the New York Yankees, and he was especially confident about the Philadelphia Phillies, they're going to have the best records in baseball. And I think that's the best predictions you can make at the beginning of the season. World Series, playoffs, a lot can happen. But over the course of 162 games, a lot of chance is thrown out the way, and a lot of times the best talent a team is going to win. Joel, our baseball expert, pretty confident the Philadelphia Phillies are going to have the best record in all of baseball so far. They're living up to that uh, expectation. St. Louis, Cardinals knocked off Houston 5 to nothing. Houston Astros, after seven games, 0-7, sympathy cards can be sent to the Houston Astros, care of Bob Watson. At, I believe it's one Astro way. Is that correct, David? Sounds right anyways. We're trying to, some of our listeners might want to send early sympathy cards to the Houston Astros. Uh, you can send it to us here at the talk zone or just send it to, uh, Houston Astros, one Astro way, Houston, Texas, 6060606066666. Sympathy cards only. 0 7. St. Louis pools with another home run. He's, um, off to a great start as per usual. I, I, Heard about all the injury problems that Albert Pujols had. I don't know if it was ribcage, abdomen. You thought maybe Albert would be battling injuries this year. Well, so far, so good for Albert Pujols as he's uh, jacking the ball out of the park at a fairly high clip. I think he's got four homers, maybe five already on the season. The season's still pretty young. 
Uh, Adam Wainwright pitched eight innings, your starter for the St. Louis Cardinals. Cincinnati knocked off of Florida 6-5. to five. Scotty Rowland, he's not done yet. You remember Scott Rowland was an RBI machine for a while for the St. Louis Cardinals, but uh, Scotty Rowland now playing. He's a little quieter of late, now playing for the Cincinnati Reds. Not quiet last night, couple of home runs. Two solo shots, and then in the 10th inning, an RBI base hit. Dusty Baker coming out and slapping high fives. Scotty Rowland, the star of the game. Cincinnati knocks off Florida 6-5. to five. That's Major League Baseball highlights from yesterday. Pretty good day in baseball. And again, you want to comment on any of the games, your favorite team? We're right here for you on the two guys at a Mike show at 888-463-6748. Emails at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Other uh, sports news we mentioned at the top of the show, the Chicago Bulls have a ball game tonight, taking on the Boston Celtics. Their job did not get any easier as the Toronto Raptors, minus Chris Bosh, found a way to win yesterday, so they cut the Bulls' lead from a game to a half a game. They beat the Detroit Pistons. We were hoping our old buddy Ben Gordon would um, come back and maybe get hot and help his old team a little bit, make tonight's game easier but they would not do that. Toronto Raptors a half a game back. I haven't figured out if it's a tie. I've been trying to read and trying to follow. I don't know what happens on a tie. If it, they Do they play another game? I don't think the NBA has a tiebreaker. A good sports talk host would uh, be prepared and know that information in advance. And as soon as we get a good sports talk host, we'll make sure he is prepared. In the meantime, you're stuck with me. I think it goes down to conference record. Really? Yes. So there is a tiebreaker. Yes. Interesting. All right, then the next question would come, who's got the better conference record? Who wins the tiebreaker? Toronto? If they end out tied, who goes, Bulls or Toronto? We should know that. Uh, let me. I can look that up. That's very easy to look up. I don't know if we can allow that research for the course of the show. David, David Olson, our producer, he can work the Internet like um, who was a master pianist. I'm trying to think of a name. Like like Van Gogh could work the uh, the painting, the easel, like a master pianist. The guy is unbelievable on the Internet. We'll get that information for you in a second. But the Bulls play the Celtics tonight, and they can forget all the tiebreaker stuff and forget all that by winning their final two games. They take on Boston and Charlotte. One out of two would probably be pretty good, too. Toronto's got one more game left. And, again, we open up the show talking about a lot of uh, people out there going to say, big deal, who cares? The eighth spot, you know, make jokes about the eighth spot. Hey, you're making the NBA playoffs. You get the experience. You get a chance to compete. And we all saw what happened last year. So um, everybody's got their opinions on it. And the people I really can't handle, though, are the ones that know we should purposely lose so we don't make the playoffs and we get in the lottery and we get a better chance for a higher draft choice. Please. Please. Unless you're picking one or two right now, and John Wall and Evan Turner, they could be difference makers. The rest of the players, and by the way, half of the stars in the NCAA basketball tournament are have declared themselves eligible for the NBA draft. We don't got time to go over the, the whole list, but it's unbelievable how many guys are coming out. Yes, Mr. Olson. Just to clarify, this is how the tiebreaker will be determined. Look at that. Found the information out. Okay. 36 uh, seconds. You were a little slow this time. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, first, it's a uh, better record in the division. Okay. Okay. Uh, then goes to better record in head-to-head games. Uh-oh. All right. Higher winning percentage within the division. Higher winning percentage in conference games. Higher winning percentage against playoff teams in old conference. Wow. 
higher winning percentage against playoff teams in opposite conference, and higher point differential between points scored and points allowed. I think I need to get higher after listening to all that. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) After all that, wouldn't it be simpler just to play one more game? I mean, (laughs) rather than all the math. Let's go back to the first one, because most likely it won't go beyond tiebreaker number one. Do we know if it ends out in the tie, is it the Raptor or the Bull that advances? They're pretty close. Honestly, their their records are really close. Uh, In the division, as it stands right now, Toronto is 10 and 5. Chicago is 10 and 6 in the division. And the Bulls are playing Boston and Charlotte, final two. Those are both division games. Yes. When you say division, is it just the six-team division, or is it the Western Conference, Eastern Conference? I, would think, I think it's, it's division. I think it's just teams in the Central. Ah. Well, Boston is no, in the it, Central, right? Or no, Boston's in the Atlantic. Oh, so we don't have any more division games. No. No. Interesting. Interesting. So we might lose that tiebreaker. That's information we should know. The Chicago media has not done a great job of telling us if we end out in a tie, what happens in the tiebreaker. Again, if you got any information on that, thoughts on uh, the NBA playoffs, 888 Any chance, David, you'll be watching tonight? Lost is on tonight. i got to watch Lost. Ah, you're a Lostaholic. I am, yeah. I told you I was for a while. But like a three-pack-a-day uh, cigarette smoking habit, I kicked it. And I went cold turkey once I kicked it. Oh, it's a great show. It's, it really is. This the, it's, it's, it was great to me. Now, hasn't it just gotten so bizarre? You're actually able to keep track of what the heck's going on? No, but that, that's part of the fun of it because it's like, you know, you get more you get answers then you get more questions but now we're coming towards the end so they're like answering everything so they're starting to tie up some of those yeah they're tying up a lot okay. of the loose ends see i thought for a while everybody was trying to figure out how it would end what the punchline would be you know the whole loss that for a while it was getting so ridiculous i actually thought maybe the whole punchline would be the producer trying to see how he could string along viewers as long as possible without any real connections. It was getting that bizarre that I thought maybe that's what he's doing. Well, the, the, no, the producers kind of kind of figured that out too. They're like, we, we're spinning <laughs> our wheels here because they had a vision of how they wanted to end it. Yeah. So midway through the third season, they're like, all right, three more seasons and we're done. And so they three start, more seasons. Three more seasons. They said, well, they're gonna they were short seasons though, so. uh, but they keep on adding extra episodes. But at, at any rate. Halfway through the third season, they're like, okay, we're only doing six seasons. So they started lining up for the end game, mm-hmm. and they've been building towards the end right. for the last three seasons. And now we're down to, like, the last six or seven episodes. I was, uh, so. I was hooked early. Season number one, I was smoking about pack a ha- pack and a half a day. Season two, I was three packs a day, completely hooked. Then all of a sudden, it started getting bizarre. Season three, I went on the nicotine tablet. And season four, season five, season so we had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. Those uh, last three seasons, I completely kicked the habit, totally off the loss. But for the loss to Hollicks out there, it's on tonight, as is Glee. Glee is back, my favorite TV show. How about that? All right, we have run out of time, unfortunately. We appreciate your uh, tuning in today. We talk some Major League Baseball, see if the Cubs can get it done. They won't get it done today. It's one of those weird deals, too, where you play an opening game. You get all the fans excited, and then Major League Baseball says you must take a day off after your opening game. White Sox are back in action, though. They got Gavin Floyd on the mound today, taking on the Toronto at 6.07. Good luck to the Bulls as well. David Olson, our producer, thank you so much. And 
head coach of the Chicago Force Women's Pro Football. He's also the head coach of our United States national team. John Konecki, we thank him for joining us. 51 teams in the league, folks. No fluke. 51 teams. It's a big league in ChicagoForceFootball.com, the information for that. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for joining us. 10 o'clock tomorrow, we will do it all over again. Have a great day.